empty yourself of everything. Let the mind become still. The ten thousand things rise and fall while the self watches their return. They grow and flourish and then return to the source. Returning to the source is stillness, which is the way of nature. You are listening to Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. Expand your mind and keep it love. Welcome back to episode 109 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today, the topic is going to continue pretty much on the same path of the last couple of podcasts, but it's for a reason and I'll get into that. But I'd like to start by saying again, I think I opened up my last couple of podcasts. I'd like to sit here and talk about how the void is infinite potential and how we need to realize the self and, you know, the chakra systems and balance and the yin and yang of things and, you know. I, I would love to do that, but the only problem is that there are times, and this gets back into the timing and pattern thing, there are times that uh, you got to put that stuff away. It says in the book of, I believe it's in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, it says for every purpose there's a season and time under heaven, a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to weep and a time to sow, you know, the, the whole, you know, the whole yin and yang and the balance of things. But this is not the time that we're in right now. This is a time that we need to prepare for an assault that's going to be put upon us politically, militarily, you know, just across the board. And it's really not in our interest. They're, they're looking for global world domination. I know I sound like a quack. And if I do listen to another podcast, I'm sorry. But uh, the purpose of this is not so much to get, you know, huge listenings, but it's to wake up those few thinking people because the most dangerous, the most dangerous thing, and it's recognized, it's not really a weapon, but it's an idea. Remember that. And, you know, in the past, that's who these uh, psychopathic leaders in the past, they would go after people with, with the ideas. So now that we're on the topic of ideas... There's a YouTube channel by the name of Asha Logos, A-S-H-A-L-O-G-O-S. Relatively new guy uh, starting out, but he's pretty amazing. His video and his dialogue and his information and his truth that he brings forth is, is amazing, man. He's really, really good and artistic. The guy's good, man. So what we're going to do now is we're going to listen to about a 14 to 15 minute clip of uh, Asha Logos, and then I'm gonna have my uh, dialogue on on the far end of that. So it's gonna be Asha Logos, and then I'm gonna have my dialogue at the end of that clip, that 15 minute clip. So yeah, let's get into it, man. It may have been Terence McKenna who first popularized the phrase. If you don't have a plan, you'll become part of somebody else's. Perhaps drawing from the poet William Blake's, I must create a system or be enslaved by another man's. I believe this has become one of the tragic underlying themes of our age. As various pretenses were created to overturn one monarchy after another from the French Revolution onward, and as not only religion but the very conception of a higher power began to be so universally attacked from all sides, we slowly but surely lost our foundations and have thus become unmoored 
adrift in an increasingly nihilistic chaos. Science and philosophy is now utterly dominated by reductionist and materialist thinkers, and our popular culture grows more cynical and petty, to the point where it becomes nearly impossible to even envision a type of leadership with lofty vision and purpose, capable of fostering that type of energy and forward inertia inspired by our founding fathers. Our consumerist culture has become so divorced from this type of thinking that we lack the reference points to even conjure up the image of inspired leadership. Decades of a unique brand of confused relativism has become both cause and effect of an era producing planless and systemless men. Politicians and influencers that can now be bought and sold, and who are thus very much part of somebody else's plan. This has happened gradually and subtly enough to escape the notice of many. It's as if we've been taken over by a foreign element so powerful and efficient that it's been able to both obfuscate and reframe its takeover as something positive, progressive. Think for a moment about just how successful this cultural revolution has been. We now have a significant percentage of the population that views electing nationalistic leadership as a potentially harmful or net negative prospect. The idea of leaders that fight for the best interests of their own nations and citizens is now viewed as a bad thing by a subset of Americans. We've become so infused with an ideology benefiting globalist moneyed interests that an entire army of academics and influencers have been ushered into power to dogmatically defend and spread this worldview to argue in favor of systems and structures that exclusively benefit the profit margins of multinational corporations and international finance, engaging in the most shrewd mental gymnastics to try to portray their financial success as our own, as if adding a few billion in profits to a global corporate entity that employs almost exclusively foreign-born workers somehow improves the lives of the average American. And the sad reality is this, though the arguments may be weak and lacking in foundation, they can still win the day in the most influential circles, being backed by the incentivizing force of financial gain and social promotion. A structure has been created whereby those who refuse to parrot to the party line simply don't progress through the ranks in their given fields. Periods of success and comfort have caused populations to drop their guard time and time again throughout history. It becomes easy to forget that corruption and chaos is the norm, the state of being that nations will always revert to unless they remain constantly vigilant. Needless to say, we haven't remained vigilant. Every man now has his price, and that price has been dropping rapidly for decades as the number of men willing to sell themselves and their nations in exchange for personal wealth and power reaches levels not seen before in modern history. What's worse, those men with a plan behind the scenes have craftily constructed a new moral framework to provide these compromised men with a defense for their actions. Globalism and humanism are branded with the most lofty labels and verbiage, portrayed as doctrines that seek the best for all humankind that seek to lift all boats regardless of arbitrary lines drawn on a map. They're enlightened, they're forward-looking, 
they're the means for paving the way towards a new unipolar utopia in which we all join hands and sing. At the end of the day, this is all manipulative wordplay, a facade to mask the fleecing of workers and creators, and serve the interests of middlemen and parasitic personalities. The ultimate irony is that this brutally effective manipulation causes many of those most harmed by its ideology to not only refrain from opposing it, but to actively cheer it on, hijacking the noble impulses towards morality, justice, and generosity to ultimately serve ideas that end up representing their polar opposites. To better understand globalism, a good analogy here might be the evolution of professional sports. In a prior age, if a man played for the Boston Red Sox, for example, you could be reasonably certain that he had very real ties to the city of Boston. Perhaps he was born and raised there. Perhaps growing up in Boston yourself, you'd have seen him around. Perhaps even grown up with him, or his siblings and family. And because of this, you shared something of a cultural bond. When the Boston Red Sox played, the New York Yankees, for example, you could cheer your home team, knowing they represented your hometown, its people, its culture, its quirks and eccentricities. There's something very real and visceral about this, something primal. This was our civilized replacement for warring tribes and regions. Bloodless warfare, you might say. There was a great deal of spirit underlying these contests, as the fans felt deeply connected and often were deeply connected on a genetic and cultural level to their hometown competitors. Statistics prove clearly that the home team has always had a very real advantage across every major sport. The reasons for this should be obvious. It's the spirit and energy in the air. So real it can be felt physically. Athletes can't help but pick up on this. It becomes an incentivizing and motivating force. More often than not, they're able to channel this energy into superior performance. We've lost a great deal of this in our age. Athletes and the teams they play for are now commodities, and money runs the show entirely. A pitcher for the Boston Red Sox may be from Cuba and live in Pittsburgh, having only visited Boston a few times outside of home games and he may well match wits against a pitcher from the Yankees who grew up in California and has no connection to New York whatsoever outside of the lucrative contract recently signed. Such changes in sports culture cause players to feel less connected to their teams and their team's hometowns. The players naturally become more individualistic, prizing their own personal performance a bit more and the team's performance a bit less. After all, it's the former that will determine their likely salary in the future. If offered a contract worth 10% more by a team located on the other side of the nation, most will jump at the chance, as team loyalty is now a quaint relic of a seemingly distant past. One may even be tempted by the prospect of intentionally throwing a game or two for financial gain. After all, if you feel no real or substantive connection to your hometown fans, they're just human beings like any others, why shouldn't it boil down to a numbers game, if you're certain you can get away with the act? A world run like a singular sprawling business sacrifices spirit and energy for the financial gain of those most devoted to the almighty dollar. 
sacrificing the uniqueness and individuality of nations and cultures at the altar of consumerism, we become increasingly drained and exhausted in exchange for a very small clique of men, most of whom are a toxic combination of pettiness and psychopathy to earn virtually unlimited wealth and enjoy every manner of material pleasure as nations, peoples, and cultures universally devolve into a singular, undifferentiated mass. Another irony here is that while globalism loves to use catchy slogans like diversity is our strength, the end result of any truly globalist enterprise is the complete destruction of diversity. No more unique and novel racial and cultural characteristics, no intriguing mystery of foreign lands, no beautiful variety, but rather a brown mass of humanity, looking alike, thinking alike, acting alike, being alike, and all marching to the drumbeat of instant gratification that comes from buying and consuming products and services that are ultimately unfulfilling and that represent mere shadows and echoes of what we really most deeply need and desire. In short, globalism is the ultimate wolf in sheep's clothing, painstakingly creating an attractive mask to hide the true aim of destroying every last vestige of Western culture and replacing it with an alternative created by the worst element of the merchant class for the worst element of the merchant class. Through clever use of their deep understanding of psychology and manipulation, they've managed to create a new morality to replace the traditional moral structure they've worked so efficiently to destroy, and in doing so have subsequently created millions of well-intentioned, useful idiots to assist in their destructive enterprise. By engaging in intensive speech controls, which essentially becomes the same thing as thought control over time, it's possible to shape the very root of culture and essentially determine how this tree will grow. One needn't worry about micromanaging how every resulting branch or leaf takes shape because these are merely predictable outgrowths of the root of their own design. It's in this manner that an extremely small number of powerful individuals can control entire nations and then sit back and watch as their citizens unconsciously work to restrict their own freedoms and help create their own boxes and prisons to further propagate their hidden master's vision, all the while thinking they are doing good works in line with the new moral structure. To beat back this cancer, we first need to clearly recognize it for what it is and be able to communicate this to others. Terms like equality, diversity, tolerance, and the idea of a world without borders and walls still conjures visions of happiness and harmony in millions of indoctrinated souls who believe deeply that in fighting for such things, they are fighting for the good and the right, not making the connection that in championing such ideas, they're virtually guaranteeing their children will grow up in a far less safe and healthy and happy environment. To manifest rapid and profound change, these are the people that need to be reached. Not the subset who know full well that they're engaging in a power play, but that naive and trusting element unable to see through the facade. There are still millions of good people on that side of the fence, whose only crime is that they're a bit too trusting, or perhaps a bit intellectually lazy, 
or just haven't bothered to cultivate a deep enough interest in politics and culture to fully grasp the machinations behind the scenes. Virtue signaling can feel great, and the social benefits and careerist benefits it provides in certain circles can be addictive. But at some point we need to stop thinking about ourselves and consider the type of world our actions are creating for future generations. Consider talking to that friend or neighbor or coworker if the opportunity arises and providing a new perspective they may not have considered before. Not in a sermonizing or condescending manner, but genuinely and with kindness. It's a difficult and thankless task, seeking to counter decades of propaganda and working to unravel one layer of faulty premise stacked upon another. But I've come to strongly believe that it's one of the foremost callings of our era. Failure to reach this group in time will lead to a nightmarish future. Success in changing their opinions has the potential to usher in an age of limitless possibilities. Every action, even the seemingly inconsequential, has ripple effects so sprawling and complex as to be incomprehensible. A discussion or two today may well alter the future in ways we can't imagine. And though they may not be able to trace the exact cause and effect path of these ripple effects, your children or grandchildren will appreciate it. So, I saw something that transpired this week with this reporter named Andy No, G-N-O. You can, you can YouTube it and look at it. In essence, what happened was he's a reporter and he writes on Antifa. This has to do with Antifa, anti-fascism, who's they're trying to sh shut down free speech right now. They're trying. They don't do that shit out here in New York. Get smacked around. So this guy, gay guy, like Asian, you know, he's Vietnamese origin, wouldn't wouldn't hurt a butterfly. I mean, the dude is just, you know, an author. You know, he's a, a reporter, and he I forget what outfit he writes for. But he, he came to this protest in Portland, Oregon, and immediately, I guess, he was recognized, and they proceeded to beat the shit out of this guy. Like, they, uh, they he, he had to go to the emergency room because, I guess, his brain swelled up, and they just lumped him up pretty bad and throwing stuff at him and just, like, he was a piece of shit. YouTube it and see what it is. While the police were watching, this whole thing takes place because the mayor of Portland told the police to stand down. And this guy got the shit beat out of him. Same day, an older guy, he looks like he's 65 years old or so, was, you know, the camera panned to the right real quick. And you see, like, these people swarming around this old man. And out of nowhere, he gets hit on the head with literally a crowbar, which splits his head open. And you can see the gash in his head. And you see him walk away, um, covering his face and just, just soaked in, in his own innocent blood, man. And this this is this is where we are right now. So those of you who think this is a joke, continue, you know, just get back on your Snapchat and get back on your uh, Raiders of the Lost Doom video game and go you know, go eat your Cheetos on the beanbag while real men take charge. So they beat the crap out of this guy. What, what it shows us is in another thing, this Antifa, this anti-fascism, they're just against freedom of speech. They're not even Democrats. They are, uh, and they say no government, no country. 
you so you want everybody to flood in just from any country anywhere come in and just make the whole planet a sh- literally like I hate to say it but like a shithole because that's the reality of where we are man it's not getting better man everything is getting much much worse this globalism agenda is is in effect but I keep repeating it and I'll keep repeating it everybody's waking up now and we're on to their little game I'm seeing it I'm seeing new YouTube channels pop up I'm seeing the youth, the young people really starting to wake up, and that's what it needs to be, okay? Um, so, I was checking out a YouTube video, YouTube channel, and the guy's name is Mark My Words or John Mark, and he got into this thing about civil war in America and how it would go down and how it would play out and the whole thing like that, and it was really, really interesting because the main thing that we need to understand is the people that are perpetrating this against us who are trying to dominate the whole planet they're very few in number like i said they're probably literally one percent oddly enough i mean these people are satan incarnate but outside of that i'll tell you who's lower beneath them are the politicians and the people in this country that sell out to them for just a you know for 40 pieces of silver like they sold jesus out you know same exact thing they, I guess they don't even care about their own children, you know, because there's going to be no future for them. So, again, I'm kind of all over the place on this podcast, and, and uh, th- this is going to kind of be in that format. I take some notes, and I just speak on the topics that I have uh, put before me, you know, noted down before me, and just address different topics. I'm getting really great feedback. I appreciate all the emails and everything like that. So, you know, keep those coming. And, uh, you know, tell your friends about the podcast. I definitely want to expand it for those who understand where I'm coming from. So, again, this is really not a race or a culture or anything. Thing. This is a human thing, you know, like us as a species on this planet. And there's parasitic entities, nefarious parasitic entities that really want, you know, wish us the worst. Who really want to hurt us into pens and just starve us to death. So... We're going to get back into this, Andy. You know, so he, he, uh, he, he got the shit kicked out of him. An innocent guy did nothing. And it's amazing. Like I said, you're watching the police stand right there. And literally, you'll see like three or four cops right around him while he's getting the shit beat out of him. There's just something wrong about that. You, you, that, that shows you where we are, man. Like right now, it's, it's all about the left and all about this uh, Bolshevism, this communism. And these Antifa people, they they have the communist flag. The colors are red and black, and they say they're socialists, they say they're communists, and they call each other comrade, you know? And, uh, that, that you know, this is, this is a real big joke. A lot of these guys, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm just going to shoot straight, man. A lot of these guys, they have no purpose in life. They have no goals. They probably went to school for gender studies, and are not working in Target, or just mooching off their parents or whatever. And literally they have no purpose in life. You could see them, you know, just listen to when a man speaks. He might he might be putting out a word salad where he's telling you all of these slogans and talking points and such, but it's it's just all bullshit, man. They they have no cohesiveness they have no true understanding of what life is they have no for the most part i'm going to guess and say for a large degree a lot of them don't even know what suffering is again go on youtube and look at uh portland 
Oregon, uh, Antifa directing traffic. And they, you know, it's ridiculous, man, what you see them doing. It, it's, it's so obvious, man. It's up there with that flat earth shit where they're just trying to sell us a lie so that we can buy it and they could sell us more lies. So, yeah, man, a lot of research I was doing. Um, I'm going to get real quick because I heard these Antifa people, they were getting into the slave trade and everything like that. And uh, not slave trade, but racism and all this kind of stuff like that. Go online, go to DuckDuckGo. And just type in slave trade or slave trade merchants and click on images and just take a look at some of those new newspaper clips and look at the names that you see on those ads and the people, you know, the same like Wall Street, basically people that are, that were in the slave trade, bringing slaves over here. I know that a lot of people back when, you know, had dipped their fingers in that because it was commerce at that time, but look at the predominantly the people that were running that. And you, you know, look at the names and everything like that. Go, go do your research, man. You know, go do your research. Do that DuckDuckGo because Google, I don't know, man. If you want to look up movie schedules or who won the game last night, Google's great. But if you want truth, it's getting filtered right out of Google. And, you know, we have to find alternatives like that bit shoot and such like that. And the DuckDuckGo that also, oddly enough, like I said, will direct you to videos in YouTube, but they're shadow banned within YouTube. So if you did it native in YouTube, you won't see the video, but if you do it through DuckDuckGo, uh, it's going to ask you, do you want to open this up here or do you want to open this up in YouTube? And if you can't just open it, don't open it in YouTube, but open it up in your, in your own, uh, in its own native browser from the DuckDuckGo. You have to ask yourself too, why is DuckDuckGo asking you, do you want to, you just, just go in and do it, man. I, I don't want to talk too much on that point. But yeah, you want to you want to take a look at the, at the people that were really running that, you know, the bankers that were running the slave trade, you know, and basically we have the same thing today. Like I said, when we're getting sold out by our politicians, these dual citizen politicians, it's basically the same thing all over again because back in 1917 in the Bolshevik Revolution, it was a very small number of people that were able to take over the whole country with that Lenin, Stalin. And Trotsky, you know, a very small number of people. I'm going to say it was like 10,000 people initially, not even in the beginning, the Bolsheviks, you know, being funded by Wall Street, but very small number of people. And they took over the biggest country on the planet, Russia. And they did it through lying, through fear, through intimidation, through coerciveness, through bribing, and just underhandedness. And they never speak the truth, these people that do this, because the way they get ahead is through deception and divide and conquer, which again is happening right now. You see everybody fighting with one another. If we were all to unite and look after, because look, man, look at it any way you want, but the guy uptown, these, these rich people that have everything, they're just laughing at us as they watch us fight with one another. And they say, Hey, let's throw another gender in there. Let's throw another, you know, Kaepernick in there so that everybody can lose their mind. And I don't even understand that whole Kaepernick thing. I don't even know why they gave him all that money. The dude, I have nothing against him or for him. But all I know is that he's being pandered to so that the masses can say, hey, you know, that's one of ours. You know, that's a brother up there. He's making money and everything like that. I don't see any of these dudes out there, these big athletes or these big black celebrities, even Spanish or whatever, helping helping anybody underneath them. They they do it, like we say, their boca pa' fuera, you know, from their mouth out. They speak their words from their mouth out, but it doesn't come from their heart. They're just bullshitting us and lying and laughing all the way to the bank. Crazy shit, man. 
there's a time to put these things away, you know, that, that looking inside and, and, and that whole, you know, meditation and realizing self and you need to look outside of yourself to see the patterns and the timing that's taking place. So these Antifa, they're just communists, man. Um, I covered that. Now they're talking about Iran. They want war with Iran. They can't, you know, they want war with Iran because we're fighting some other country's battle. There's another country that wants to dominate that whole region from the Nile River to the Euphrates. Look it up. Check it out. And they use us to fight their wars, to, to spill our young boys' blood out there, our young men's blood out there, to come back all with the, what is that, PTSD and nightmares of them killing innocent people and children and everything like that because our soldiers you know some of them do that over there too because that's what they're trying to do quick story man i saw something on youtube where an american soldier had just gotten over to i believe it's iraq and his sergeant said to him you know hey you know you got to get you one today you got to get one or two today you know and when he says get him he means kill like just kill some iranians i mean iraqis so, you know, a few days went by, about a week went by, and they're eating, and they're like, hey, man, you know, what's going on? You haven't, uh, you haven't gotten any. So he saw a father and I believe his two kids walking down the street, this, this commander guy, whatever, sergeant, whatever. And he goes, there they go, get, get those two, get those three guys over there. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, kill them, go kill them. So he went over, and like they nudged him on, like, her, 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 all that bullshit. And he ended up shooting the father in the head and I guess killing the other two kids, like all three of them, and they're laying in a pool of their own blood. And he looks at himself, and I guess when he came back, it started haunting him because he remembered the hole in the guy's head and it freaked him out. And he said, there was no reason for me to kill that, that, that family right there, those guys, because, I mean, they didn't do shit to me, and why are we here in the first place? But that's to nobody's concern. Just, just you know, pick up the weapon and shoot and do what you're told like a dumbass. That, that's where we are right now. Another thing, I'm going to hop from subject to subject, so sometimes it works good like that for me. Uh, nationalism, right? Nationalism right now is bad. They'll call some dude, oh, he's a white nationalist. Why? Because he loves his country? And it could be white, it could be whatever. You know, American nationalist, you know? Uh, but that that's the big label because they're really down on the white man right now. The white man is the devil. And there's a lot of nefarious reasons for that. They want to stamp out Christianity. They want to stamp out God. And it's the game plan that they're putting out there for us. So nationalism, right? Why why is it bad for me to be proud of my country? So if if nationalism is bad, I guess what's good is globalism. Right? Globalism. What they're doing is they're, war, they're basically waging World War Three right now. With, I was going to say without the guns. Yes, they do have guns, but that's just to instill fear into people. But they're waging World War Three right, right now on our minds. And everybody's accepting it. That's why the first line of my introduction of my podcast, I say, turn off your television. It's lying to you. So nationalism, why why is it bad to be a nationalist? Wasn't Abraham Lincoln and uh, Jefferson, now Jefferson's bad because he owned slaves and blah, 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 blah. I mean, we can nitpick anything to hate anybody, but 
these are the founders of our nation. And, and, and as this nation started off, I mean, it was the greatest nation ever. I, I believe we are still the greatest nation ever. And I love my country. And yes, I'm an American nationalist. I love my country. I'm Puerto Rican, but I was born in Brooklyn. I rep my people. I rep my Puerto Ricans, my bodies. But I'm an American. And as a matter of fact, Puerto Rico was a United States territory. So this is my country. But what happens under a person that has a nationalistic view, and, and, and to get a good picture of this, go to YouTube again. A lot of this is all online. Type in Britain first, right? There's this party over there. And what they do, some people are going to say they're racist or whatever. But there's a lot of shit going on over there right now. And people are getting expatriated. They're getting kicked out of their own land. And that's never good, man. You know, British people back, I don't know, I'm going to say, you know, through, through, through that great empire, you know, they fought and spilled their blood and, and, and built that country up the way it is right now. And all countries start the same for the most part. You know, they all conquest one another, whether it's our country or any other country, it ends up being the same. But they built that country up and now they need to be subjected to foreigners that are coming in just because, you know, they're being told that's what they need to do and they can't say shit about it and everybody's really getting fed up with it. All in Germany, in England, in Poland, all over the place, man. And some of these countries, they're not taking these immigrants in at all. You know? So, hold on, let me let me get back to my notes. So, yeah, nationalism is bad. Nationalism is bad because they... See, what happens when you have nationalism, you have the ability to protect your country and your culture and your people and your way of living. But if you wipe out nationalism, then what's left? Nothing. Because what happens is you are headless. It's like a, you take a snake and you cut his head off. There's no direction, there's no leadership, and you are just a commodity basically just a group of people that are just waiting to get enslaved so nationalism is definitely the way to go i i I believe that everybody should be proud of their country strengthen their country and that's the beauty of it because it's it's our culture it's our nation you know and you go visit other nations and learn about them and and share the differences and 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 the things that you have similar and your music and and that's how it should be but these days, with this speech control and this gender titles and stuff like that, what is it, uh, gender pronouns, you know? Like, are you fucking kidding me, man? And then if you say the wrong gender, then it's hate speech. So there's a dude There's a dude that you want to look up, and he wrote a book. His name is Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I'm probably saying it wrong, but I'm going to spell it. Alexander, S-O-L-Z-H-E-N-I-T-S-Y-N, Solzhenitsyn, Alexander. He wrote a book called The Gulag Archipelago about the Russian Revolution and about the gulags. And, dude, I mean, you know, the problem with us today is that we're living, I don't want to say a cushy life, because some people are kind of suffering and some people kind of have it good. Some people, you know, a lot of people in the middle, but everybody seems to be gravitating where life is getting worse but it's no way near what were what it was in those uh Russian gulags man you know look it up and people say oh it was so long ago and they picture this black and white you know black and white video footage of you know people being hanged and all this stuff like that 
and they see it as being so long ago that that couldn't possibly happen today because those Antifa flags, the graphics on them are really sharp and it was done on Photoshop and the guy's wearing like the right sneakers and he's on Twitter. So no, this, you know, what are you, what are you crazy? What are you conspiracy theorists? Yo, the only difference between that time and this time is the guns are bigger, but, but the hate is also bigger too. You know, the, the, if you look at the degree of the hate that was on back then, you need, there's a movie that you need to see. You got to go on DuckDuckGo and the name of the movie is, let's see. The name of the movie is, so what you're going to do is you're going to go to DuckDuckGo and type in the ethnic origins of the Bolshevik revolution. It's about an hour and a half. Watch it, man. Watch it. And then when it finishes, go to the beginning. I was going to say rewind, showing my age. When it finishes, go back to the beginning and hit play again and watch it a second time. You know, they were actually crucifying people. Literally, they were crucifying young girls. It's just... The degree of hate, the degree of savagery, it, this is, that's satanic shit, man. That's what that is because I think they get some kind of adrenochrome, some kind of energy from people's fear. Again, it's happening again. I, I'm not going to get into a lot of Pizzagate shit, but with the smoke, there's fire, you know? Um, Let's see, let's see. So, yeah, at that time of the Russian Revolution, right around, you know, that took place in 1917. And the reason I bring it up, like I said, I see it coming in all over again with the speech control and and just the way, the standard of living and how everything is, freedom of speech is getting just shut down. They want to take all the guns and everything like that, bringing all the immigrants in here. And again, if, if the immigrants come here legally and if they participate in society and if they enrich the pot, you know what I mean? And I don't mean by enrich bringing money, but I mean enrich by coming here, working hard and building the way the way it's supposed to be. That's fine. But what ends up happening is, and it's confusing, man, because you have people that come from Syria that they, they saw their families wiped out and some real bad, horrendous shit that they shouldn't have. No one should have to go through. So when they come here, um, I guess some of them, because look at the ones that are coming over. They don't send families over there. They send men from age like 18 to 35. All, like 95% all men, you know, fighting age. There's something nefarious about that, man. But when they come here, you know, they have all this energy wound up and this testosterone and everything like that to get together. And, and you know, like like any culture or anything, that, you know, there's nefarious elements to them and, and, and it comes out and it gives them all a black eye, makes them all look bad. And that's exactly what they want. So they can point to you and say, hey, you know, look at what this guy do. But I don't understand why... In the meat, in the eyes of the media, and the eyes of the law, some of these guys commit crimes, and the police kind of just look the other way. Like in Denmark and Sweden and Germany, like there's a lot of rapes that go on and stuff like that. And people they just look the other way. And this isn't just bullshit through the news. I mean, I do my research and I see what's going on, you know. So, okay, back back to the uh, Russian Revolution, 1917 took place. They overthrew Russia. They killed the czars. It was horrendous the way they did that too. The, the way they killed the Romanov family. Horrendous. They get joy out of torturing people. To- shows a lot where they're coming from. Um, so that was 1917. You click forward to, I think about 20 years later, 15, 20 years later, there's what's called the purge. Stalin's purge. Where he literally killed everybody that helped him 
when that Russian Revolution, such as Trotsky, and all of them. I mean, he just killed people for like like when he would speak, everybody would clap, and like you know everybody was applauding and everything like that. And then one guy kind of stopped clapping, and they pointed him out and they executed him because why did he stop clapping? You know, it's it. I'm being very serious, man. That's that's the kind of mentality that that we're dealing with right now. These people think they're gods when they uh. You know, they got it all mixed up because the real God's going to handle the situation. You know, God, you know, the God that of, of the uh, Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. The Judeo-Christian God. So, let's see here, let's see here. The best advice I can give when you are looking at a person or an organization or, or an entity or something like that is... It's by their fruits you shall know them, right? So if I stand here and say that, um, you know, I'm for people's rights and I'm for equity and all things and everything like that, but I'm not practicing that. And as a matter of fact, I am taking people's resources and killing people and killing families like they do in Yemen and Afghanistan and Iraq and now they want to go into Iraq. If I do that, that shows you that I'm full of shit. You know, I'm... My fruits are different than what my words are. And that, again, is what's happening right now. You know, you'll know them by their fruits. Right now, you know, a lot of people that are waking up to, I see that they're in a state of fear, which is the exact thing that you don't want. The only way to overcome fear is love. And you have to have love for your family, love for God, or, or whatever you worship. But I, I keep repeating God. It's just, you know, my, my way of thinking because I know there is a supreme, whatever label you want to put a name you want to put on them. But the only way to overcome, because when you're in that fear state, man, you're easily controlled. And you can't do critical thinking. And you are you just want to be, I, I guess for the better part, just be left alone. And not violated or whatever. And you're in the state of that fear. But really now is the time that we need to get up and really start voicing our opinions and exercising our freedom of speech in this country. Banding together with ideas of how to how to improve the situation. Not military, none of this civil war crap. But, um, I mean, it could happen. I, I wish it doesn't. I, I could see it can happen. But, you know, a good example would be, like, just get him out of the White House. Like, make it known that, you know, we know you. I think Congress has a 9% approval rating, but yet it keeps going on the same. It's crazy shit, man. That's why you got to have some of this, you know, spirituality to you because like I said it's an anchor it's an anchor for you to not go crazy basically and to understand that underlying all of this as strong as these evil men think they are there's a there's a higher power that they that they have to answer to and I wouldn't want to live in a world that that wasn't the case you know I wouldn't want to live in a world where you know evil men ran everything you know unaccountable you know if you look at some of these NDEs, these near-death experiences, these people talk about uh, when when uh, when they pass on, when they die, they actually go to another place, and and it's, it's a lot of people in a lot of instances it changed their life. You know, they they would have been like all miserly and evil and mean and wicked, and when they had that NDE and they come out of it, they end up having a completely different view of it, and they really have a paradigm shift in the way they think. And they saw the error in their ways. So, let's see. 
another topic real quick here is I hear a lot of people talking about depression and stuff like that. And I occasionally I'll feel a little down or something like that. It's natural because it's the way it's the yin and yang. It's the up and down. It's the balance. But I find for myself, one of the best ways to just stay kind of like in a stable state is to have goals in life, right? Because what happens is if you have goals, you don't have time for that other shit for being depressed or worrying about how come the guy next to you make 50 cents and now more than you and, and, and you've been there longer than him. That's uh, small thinking. You know, you want to, um, how can I say? How can I say? You want to have goals in the sense of when you wake up in the morning, you attack and you say, hey, I want to, uh, uh, these are the goals that I have today. Like to, I know right now for today, there's about two or three things that I got to get done, which are mini goals that lead up to bigger goals, like I'm working on my basement, and I'm reconfiguring my desk, and I'm working on my my studio, because I think I want to start getting, you know, more into the YouTube, which I haven't been posting as much on the YouTube or Instagram or anything like that, but uh, I will, hey, if there's anybody out there that's really good with Instagram, man, reach out to me, because I want to, I want to really promote myself on, on that platform, you know, on the uh, Instagram, everybody's on there. So, again, so here's here's the rundown of everything. We have to embrace our nationalism, okay? We embrace it. And everybody, whatever nation you're listening from, I, I know from looking at my demographics, my statistics I have in America, by far the biggest uh, audience that I have listening, listeners I have are in California, uh, New York State, and it's smattered around, but California I'm blowing up, Pennsylvania, New York State. Um, a lot of listeners in England. Uh, I know I have a lot of listeners in London. I get emails from there. I get, um, I'm getting listeners really from all over the place, man. It's kind of crazy. Brazil. I just had somebody reach out to me about my YouTube on, uh, YouTube channel, YouTube video on the philosophy, actually on the, on the foundations of philosophy. One of my episodes, a few episodes back, how, um, he wants me to translate that into, uh, Portuguese so they can listen to it in Brazil because they're like into the philosophy. Cool culture over there. Very cool culture. Cool nation, you know. So, yeah, this is kind of like an improvised episode. I just had a few ideas that I want to get wanted to get out there as I'm doing my research and looking around. I said, let me uh, just take some notes down and kind of talk on, on the points that I put out there. Um... This is a very, very interesting time that we're living in right now. Make no mistake about it. Like the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times. And that's where we are. We we find ourselves right now. So whenever these type of times, these quote-unquote interesting times come up, it's a make-or-break time because what happens is if you're prepared for it, you're going to take advantage of the opportunity. And if not, you're just going to be cannon fodder. You know, for, for those who control you. You know, you have the inside view, looking within yourself, right? Looking within yourself, realizing the self, understanding the self, the oneness with all things. That's the one thing. But there's a time to put that down and there's a time to pick up the alpha male uh, thinking, right? Which is you have to r- look at the world outside of yourself and realize that that, that uh, 700-pound line is going to pounce on you, Right? And, and, and rationalizing with him and saying that it's not his dharma, it's not going to help you. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you have to have that yin and yang balance. That's why it's the alpha male Buddhist, right? And now is the alpha male time for me to speak truth, for all of us to band together. So if you have any ideas, any video recommendations, any feedback, any uh, positive points on my show, negative points, just drop me an email and let me know. Visit my webpage, which is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. Check that out. And uh, I definitely want you to want to thank you for listening and namaste. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.com dot podbean dot com my instagram is alpha male buddhist and check out my youtube channel alpha male buddhist and that's on youtube it is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast so it's motivational and inspirational i also have promotional t-shirts if you go to my website alpha male buddhist dot podbean dot com you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening. and Namaste.